High Noon with George Hook. News Talk 106 to 108. Join up with Bill Hughes, who every Thursday at this time picks what he believes to be an essential song of uh, his vast musical encyclopedia. Uh, It's been a pretty difficult few weeks for me. I've had to listen to some of his choices like Paranoia or Parade or something from Ziggy and the Zardust or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) I'm laughing because you sound like... Who was it last week? It was Black Sabbath, Paranoid. Yeah, Yeah, I knew there was a piece. To mark the occasion of the last ever live concert by Black Sabbath. All right. Okay. Now just please, please, like, give me something to hang on to today. Well, you see, with you it's pretty easy to play to your favourites because all you vanity. Need to, yeah, and you just need to pick a decade and the decade is the 50s. So I've picked the 50s. <laughs> so I know that that gives you pleasure yeah. and so it gets you At off my, my age, back. age, the bit. only pleasure. Yes, well, you know, that's a sad thing but there you go. Released on January 27th, 1956 Huh? This was the first recording release on a new on his new label, which was RCA Victor by Elvis Presley, really? and it was called Heartbreak Hotel. Now I know this is going to spoil it for you, like, and I mm. don't mean to. Mm-hmm. I think Heartbreak Hotel is one of Elvis's weaker offerings. Interesting. Uh, well, that's great. I don't agree with no, you. No, I mean, I like Elvis. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. I just happen to think it's his weak, one of his weaker ones. Well, it's... Since my baby left me. Yeah. Isn't that right? Yeah. Yeah, got it. And it was inspired, the song, the writing of the song was inspired by a newspaper article about the suicide of a lonely man who jumped from a hotel window. And a guy called Tommy Durden uh, got together with a woman called May Boren Axton and they wrote the song. Now, they both tell different stories about how they wrote the song. Tommy Durden said that he offered her a demo of the completed song and she says, no, 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 he showed me a few squiggled lines of the song and I sat down and I wrote the song. Either way, when they approached Elvis to sing it, they offered him a third of the royalties if he would record it and release it as his first single because at the time there was so much gossip going around he was signed to Sun Records and he had done a couple of This was a fellow called Phillips wasn't it? Is that right? Sam Phillips Sam Phillips So he had done a couple of small recordings with Sun Records but he wanted to hit the big time he wanted to go national and the only way he was going to go national was with a national record label so he signed to RCA Victor and Sorry Question. He probably hasn't made a movie now at this point no, either. No, he okay, hasn't. he hasn't, he hasn't. made Jailhouse yeah. Rock, which he I hasn't think was his made, first one. He hasn't made and Love okay. Me Tender. No, he hasn't right. come to that. His film debut was actually Love Love Me Tender in November 1956. Oh, it was Richard Warner who became a nun. Well, there you go. What so, was her name? I don't know, George. Oh, <laughs> so all I can say to you is that they sat down, offered him the the thing. They had another guy called Glenn Reeves, who was a local singer, when they'd written the song to make a proper demo to offer to Elvis. And they played the song, they played what they had. And he said, well, that's the silliest thing I've ever heard. Um, I'll sing it for you. Your man said. This guy called Jerry Reeves. And so they offered him, offered him a third of the royalties. And he said, I know, keep it. I'll just do this as a favour. 
And so he turned down the writing credit. You're kidding me. So anyway, the whole thing, Elvis believed in the song. He heard the song. And before he even recorded the song in the December of 1955, he played at a concert in Arkansas and he told the audience, this is going to be my first big national hit. So off he went to the studio and they started laying the B-side. And the guy who had signed him to RCA Victor, a guy called Scholes, uh, told him, you stand on that X, you do not move and you sing the song. And so he was he was trying to, you know, get into it. And the song was I Got a Woman. It ended up being the B-side of Heartbreak Hotel. And he realised in the audio booth, I'm only hearing every second word. You're moving. Stop moving. And he said, I was like, I have to move. That's me. I have to move. So he revolutionised recording because your man Scholes decided to completely surround him with microphones ah, so that okay. no matter where he moved, okay. he caught him and he got omnidirectional microphone uh, going. And so then they recorded Heartbreak Hotel. Anyway. Uh, sorry, now, I got a woman mean as she can be. Yeah. That was a hit for somebody else, I think. Well, well great, um, probably. So I didn't look into that one. I'm looking into Heartbreak Hotel. I know you are. So, I'm um, sorry. <laughs> but like 1956, I'm all agog. You're all agog. So it came out and it went, it was the, the straight to the top of the Billboard Top 100 and it stayed there for seven weeks. It went straight to the top of Cashbox Pop Singles Chart, stayed there for six weeks. It was number one on the Country and Western Chart for 17 weeks and it topped the chart on the R&B Chart. So the whole thing, it was Elvis's first million seller, but it actually sold in the millions. And then they decided they'd release it in the UK. New Musical Express heard it and said, if you appreciate good singing, I don't suppose you'll manage to hear this disc all the way through. (laughs) And the BBC... Now, just hold a minute here. For people who weren't around in 1956, New Musical Express was like the trade paper. Oh, it was the big Bible, the Bible of the trade. Yeah, yeah. And then the BBC... They were the monopoly on British broadcasting at the time. They didn't consider it fit for general entertainment. They placed it on the restricted playlist, but the song debuted at number two on the UK chart and stayed there for 22 weeks. Because I bet you... On Radio Luxembourg, they were playing it, yeah. and kids like me were listening to yeah, it. Yeah. I bet you. Well, of course. So Tommy Durden, uh, who who was the co-writer and the leader on this, and he later performed as a steel guitarist with Tex Ritter and Johnny Cash, um, but he retired. The business didn't suit him. Heartbreak Hotel was his only real success as a songwriter and he worked as a commercial dishwasher repairman until retiring in the early 80s. That's what he did in Halton Lake in Michigan. Now, May Boren Axton, she had a huge influence on Elvis's career. When he was 19, she was the one that introduced him to RCA Victor. She was the one who introduced him to Colonel Tom Parker. She was the one who wrote, was writing songs for Jerry Lee Lewis and she, was writing, she wrote over 200 songs. And in 1997, at the age of 82, after having a fabulous career, 
she got into her hot tub and had a heart attack and drowned. So that was sad because she was 82 years of age. But Just those, shows are the, hot tubs. those are the people behind this particular song. So they brought the, like, there's just a lot of good stories involved Aye. in the song. Uh, well, why don't we listen to it? Okay. And since my baby left me, Quilly, give it a lash there. Well, since my baby left me, well, I found a new place to dwell. Well, it's down at the end of Lonely Street, that heartbreak hotel where I've been. I've been just a lonely baby. Well, I'm so lonely. I've been just so lonely. I could die. Although it's always crowded, you still can find some room for broken-hearted lovers to cry there in the gloom. Be so, I'll be so lonely, baby. I'll be so lonely. I'll be so lonely. I'll make it die. Keep flowing, the desk clerk's dressed in black. Well, they've been so long on the street, they'll never, they'll never look back and think it's so, think it's so lonely, baby. Well, they're so lonely, well, they're so lonely, and they could die. Well, if your baby leaves you, you got a tale to tell. Well, just take a walk down on the street to heartbreak hotel where you will be. You're so lonely, baby. Well, you'll be lonely. You'll be so lonely. You could die. Elvis Presley, Heartbreak Hotel, uh, 1956. Now, all Bill's essential songs are available to stream on Spotify. You just go to George Hook's essential songs. There they all are. Ever since the dawn of time when Bill started picking essential songs for me, they are all there. So, on that track, you just heard a wonderful piece of guitar playing. Yeah. And you heard lovely piano. Correct. The guitar playing was Chet Atkins. Really? And the piano playing was Floyd Kramer. Just so you're aware. Now, so good, oh, good are you going, mm-hmm. before I depart into, you know, the Never Never Land for, depart- for retired broadcasters, Floyd Kramer had a hit with... Go on, tell Can't me. Can't remember. Oh, but, 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 he had a hit. Oh, he so, had loads of hits. I know, he had one, 53106. Can anybody tell me in the next couple of minutes, Floyd Kramer's greatest hit? It's it's fabulous. You've got to bring it in. Well, you have to. Hopefully, we'll get around to it. So right now, I want to swing back because we've done biographical notes on Elvis before. We all know he went off to the army. We yeah. all know he made him. We knew he was born into poverty and Tupelo yeah, and yeah, all yeah. that sort of stuff. But we've never explored his relationship with Colonel Tom Parker. Colonel Tom Parker 
was such a vile man. It well, was certainly he wo- wasn't a colonel. No, and he was the worst thing that could have happened to Elvis because he just completely ripped him off. Yeah, and, and put him into awful sort of commercial crap. situations. Yeah. He was a control freak and he tried to control every aspect of, of Elvis's yeah. uh, life. Now, Elvis had started to develop a relationship with really good songwriters. Songwriters were coming forward with great songs. Offering oh, yeah, them to, right. Like Lieber and Stoller, who, you know, up on the roof, they stand by me. People who had written great stuff. In it. Yeah. So um, they, Colonel Parker decided anybody who writes for Elvis I'm going to own a third of it, regardless of what the song is. I'm owning a third of it, and they have to sign. So he decided he was going to stop all the relationships that Elvis had, and he was going to control what songs Elvis got. So just to prove it, he uh, he sent a blank piece of paper uh, for uh, Lieber's signature as the, as the contract. And Lieber said... Uh, you know, there's a mistake here. I just got a blank piece of it. There's no mistake, boy. Just sign it and return it, Parker directed. <laughs> and uh, Lieber said, uh, ah, don't worry yourself now. We'll, we'll, we'll fill it in later. And they never bothered. And the word went through the music business that this was the sharp practice that uh, Colonel Parker was doing. So they all, people just ran away. Now, in 1967, his contract with Presley gave him 50% of the singer's earnings. Ah, come on. Yeah. And his recording. I know Elvis was a country boy, but yeah. surely he wasn't stupid. He took a third of the profit from 1972 from the live appearances. And in 1976, he signed another agreement of half of that as well to up it. And Priscilla Presley, she said, Elvis detested the business side of his, side of his career and he would sign a contract without even reading it. Now, the worst thing was the movies that Elvis could have made, the good uh, movies. You know that he was offered West Side Story. No. He was offered. I couldn't have done West Side Story. He could have. No, he he could have. He couldn't, I'm telling you. In the early 60s, he could have sung Maria. Absolutely. He was offered Midnight Cowboy, the John Voight part. And ah, Parker wouldn't let him. Bill, Bill, I'm Bill, telling, Bill. Oh, Hold on now. You've lost the best You've one. lost No, the best touch. one. You've lost The best touch. one he was offered, A Star is Born by Barbara Streisand. <laughs> Chris Christopherson. Chris Christopherson. It's a great Sorry, movie. Those of you who think you are living in an alternative universe it's true. are correct. It's true. Your man's lost it. In 1974, he was offered A Star is Born by Barbara Streisand. Chris Christopherson played the part about an ageing rock star who was down on his luck who had taken to the booze it was an exact replica of what was going on in Elvis's actual life and she would have captured it and it would have been brilliant and it was an awful shame that he didn't do it but um, people said that no matter where the only thing that kept Elvis going after the early years was a new challenge but Car- Parker kept running everything into yeah, the ground but the only other thing that he kept doing was eating hamburgers Oh, uh, hamburgers and fast food. Yeah. Um, now, the Floyd Kramer on the rebound, although Last Date was his biggest hit. I think it's on the rebound. I have to have a listen now when I go home and I'll send on you the an email. On the rebound is a great song. Yeah, I, yeah because I want Floyd Kramer on the show. The other thing, have you heard that Priscilla... Is dating Tom Jones. She is. How do you know? Because it's in all the tabloids. It's all over the net. 
It's everywhere. You know the way you, when I'm talking to you, you rudely turn on Google and start yeah. checking your facts. Whatever. Well, I know I'm not <laughs> checking my facts. I'm checking your facts. When some fella comes on the program and says Elvis was offered the part of Maria in West Side Story, <laughs> then I the part of Tony in oh, her. Oh, yes. oh, oh. Anyway, Tony, I keep yes, checking. Yes. Yeah, your man was fabulous. What was his name? Richard Bamer. Couldn't sing. Richard couldn't sing, but Elvis could have sung. But Richard Bamer was also very good in The Longest Day. Yes, he was. He was oh, you remember? Good, I do. I do. But and it, at the end, who said to him, my tie is split from groin to knee, and the first aid man had to sew it up with safety pins? Uh, Susan Hayward. No, <laughs> I don't know. Betty Davis. I don't know. Richard Burton. <laughs> anyway, so I deny that uh, Elvis was playing the part of Maria in West Side Story. Tony. And what was the other one you said? I he don't mean the aging Rocco. There was one other one. You Midnight said. Cowboy. Uh, John Voight was fabulous. Yeah, he was. John Voight was fabulous, but Elvis was offered the part first. And the other fellow was brilliant. Dustin Hoffman. Oh, super. As Ratso. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, Remember. that's a brilliant song. Or a brilliant uh, movie. Brilliant movie. <laughs> Maria. But how do you solve a problem no, like that's Maria? The sound of music. Oh, Don't it? be displaying your own <laughs> ignorance now and foolishness. You're losing the run of yourself. But oh, no, no, no. Um, Colonel Parker destroyed look, everything. Like you, like, we have to go. Yeah. Like, uh, we have to go. Your man, Moncrief, will be go mad that he can't. <laughs> there's no time. 